This is Feather Forum, the podcast by Canadian Poultry Magazine, Canada's leading source for poultry news, research, and trends for more than 100 years. You've tuned in to hear important conversations with industry leaders, producers, researchers, and other experts. Hi, and welcome to the second episode of the 2023 Top 440 Podcast Series our program for recognizing young poultry leaders. I'm Brett Ruffle, editor of Canadian Poultry Magazine. In this episode, we talk to Jeff Camlaw, an end-to-end chicken producer from Didsbury, Alberta. Camlaw runs the full broiler gamut, from breeder barns to hatcheries to chicken barns. He's also spent years on different poultry boards in influential roles. In this interview, I talked to Jeff about his journey from growing up on a mixed farm to running a large poultry operation. We also talk about embracing innovation, what he loves about poultry, and more. Before we get started, I'd like to thank our program sponsor, Egg Farmers of Canada, for their support. Now let's talk to Jeff. Can we start with, can you tell me a little bit about your background growing up in agriculture? Yeah, so I uh, grew up on a mixed farm um, at Gull Lake, Alberta. My mom and dad had cow-calf and uh, a grain operation, and uh, through that, it got me involved with uh, 4-H. I did uh, 12 years of 4-H and got my uh, awards with that and some trips. And, uh, yeah, agriculture has always been uh, um, a big part of uh, right from the beginning. So, yeah. Did you have exposure to poultry in the early years? No, I did not. Um I uh, wasn't exposed to poultry until I was in about early 20s, I guess. My in-laws, uh, when I married my wife, they had a commercial um, turkey farm. Okay, and so how did you go, um, how did you actually enter the poultry business? Yeah, um, we worked with Louisdale Sofina in, uh, in Alberta uh, here, and we uh, rented a f- commercial turkey farm. Ended up getting some lease quota, and uh, that's how we entered. They had uh, a large farm that was down with a disease outbreak, and there was an opportunity to uh, start up some barns that had been shut down. And uh, I uh, had previously taken my power engineering. So at the time, I was power engineering, and my wife was um, working in accounting. And uh, so we quit our jobs and uh, moved to Didsbury, Alberta, and... uh, rented some barns and had some lease quota and originally started in the turkeys. And then can you talk a little bit about how you then expanded into a, into a mixed operation? Yeah. So um, I've always believed in diversity and I believed in, uh, you know, even within supply management, there's uh, times where, uh, you know, one business is more profitable than the other. So um, once the turkey farm was established, then we, uh, Actually, we did. Uh, we were able to lease some broiler quota. Through that, we uh, rented barns at Linden, and then uh, about nine months later, we had the opportunity to uh, purchase uh, a broiler breeder farm out in Three Hills, uh, Alberta. So we uh, then were involved in the three industries for about uh, four years: turkey farming, broiler, and broiler breeder. And so, what does your operation look like now? Yeah. So. Uh, Currently today, we uh, we have a broiler breeder farm that uh, we had sold the three house farm and built new barns here at uh, Didsbury, and we're really excited to get those barns built. And uh, they're um, 
the precast structure with uh, Eagle Builders and uh, the uh, modern modern technology, modern uh, egg handling equipment. We also uh, um, have a broiler farm as well, shipping our broilers down to Sofina Lilydale and probably our biggest, uh, one of our biggest accomplishments as uh, business people is um, we currently have uh, four hatcheries. So we have, uh, we are the owners of Miller Hatchery, Rochester Hatchery in uh, Westlock, Alberta. And that's currently where uh, majority of our hatching eggs are going. So we're able to uh, see our eggs all the way through. And then uh, ANSI Hatchery is uh, located in Saskatoon and we service uh, all of Saskatchewan uh, uh, broiler orders through that and then uh, most recently we purchased um, Berg's Hatchery out of Russell Manitoba so yeah it's uh, really rewarding to see uh, our eggs um, leave and then be able to hatch them at our own hatchery and, uh, and then ship them back as broilers and we're uh, also able now to hatch um, some of our own broilers as well for our broiler farm so that's been uh, real rewarding to uh, now build uh, that complete circle. So what is it like managing such a diverse business? Um, we have a really good team of people. Um, we have, uh, we've been really, really uh, lucky. We have the same employees we had from day one in the broiler breeder. So uh, Nino has uh, been with us for nine years now and Mike's in our broilers, he's been uh, eight years. We have uh, a business manager at the hatchery, uh, Sabrina. She's um, managed the business for 16. And uh, yeah, it really allows us to uh, do, uh, you know, the higher end management uh, decisions, be involved um, at a higher level versus um, necessarily at a lower level. But yeah, we've been uh, really lucky. We have a team right now between the hatcheries and the farm, about 30 uh 36 to 38 employees uh, that we're able to employ year round. So we're doing our own feed hauling, our own egg hauling, chick deliveries, um, the hatchery workers, um, our administration, customer service, and then on the farm working side, egg pickers and uh, uh, everything that that entails as well. So yeah, we've been lucky on that sense. Yeah, we've got great people that work with us and uh, we're very, very uh, lucky to have them part of us. So it's a pretty large team. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we've uh, made it our priority to um, have good people, and uh, it's uh, it's made it uh, for us maybe not stress free all the time, but it's uh, with the right people, it uh, it's it's good. So, what do you find is the key to managing a pretty big team like that? I think everybody has to know their roles. Um, for me, it's uh, my wife. Um, she's more on the financial side, on the money controlling. I'm definitely on the production side. I'm on the day-to-day um, -day, uh, overseeing um, the flows of product, um, orders, all that type of thing at the hatchery. Um, yeah, I think probably the biggest thing is being organized. Um, using technology uh, for its fullest, um, communicating between uh, what needs to happen week to week, day to day, even hour to hour. Um, and I think also trusting your employees. Um, if you don't trust your employees, um, you're going to go drive yourself crazy. And for 
Karyanka and I, we, uh, we trust the people that we have there. We let them do their jobs. We, we allow them to make decisions um, versus coming to us for uh, small little approvals and different things like that. And having uh, so many years experienced with, uh, with our key employees is also, uh, um, yeah, real, definitely real important to us. And so you mentioned you uh, oversaw the building of a new barn. So how was that whole process like? managing that yeah so we built um two broiler barns in 2018 2019 um and those builds uh it was a full takeover uh with eagle builders they did the full build uh penner farm out of uh lacombe they did all the equipment and uh from our side we did a large part of the uh, um, install a large part of um, prep that type of thing but we were a lot less involved in 2021 when we built the new hatching egg barns um you know we self-contracted the whole project um electric electrical right through um ordering all the supplies for the build we purchased the precast from eagle but everything else um was done through uh through my watch and I would say at uh, every project you learn, and uh, for me, it um, it was something that was definitely uh, scary the first time back in 2018. But by 2021, we had um, you know a good understanding what uh, what had to happen and timelines, and you know it went very very smooth. We're in the process now of um, designing a new uh, uh, pullet rearing facility for next summer. So. Yeah, it's part of uh, running a business. You gotta um, use technology and be efficient with uh, environmental uh, awareness, and uh, we move forward in that direction every time we build. And I read that you employ a lot of innovative barn management practices. Can you talk a little bit about some of the things you do in your barn that are sort of cutting edge? Yeah, we've been uh, lucky in the sense with um, we're big uh, big supporters of the Maximus system. Um, we've also, uh, been able to implement our, uh, our crop land into uh, whole wheat feeding on the breeders and been very successful with that, the technology to do, um, mixing and, uh, on farm, uh, uh, wheat blending. Um, yeah, I mean, our barns, uh, we've, I ran a lot of old barns when we started and you definitely, uh, learn a lot and what you'd like to improve. Um, we have a mixed ventilation in our broiler farm that uh, instead of running a true tunnel, we run a cross um, that pulls air both directions. So we run a middle tunnel is what I like to call it, where we funnel the air in the middle. It goes both ways. Um, yeah, we've been very innovative in our light selections and the breeders, um, nest placement, scratch area placement, and uh, things like that. So. Yeah, I think probably the, um, well, obviously the egg handling system, I guess, would be a, a large part as well. We were able to import um, uh, Prinzen's uh, newest machine, the 3.0. It's detailed uh, egg size, detailed egg shape. Um, with the system as well, we're able to load uh, two different sizes of trays. Um, the big Trickmaster trays that we use at our own hatchery we own. If I'm filling trays of the SST, um, just a simple uh, switch back and we can go back to Lilydale or Sunrise trays. And uh, it's seamless for our employees um, to manage that. Um, yeah, it's been uh, from where we started out with the old barns in the 80s to these these newest hatching egg barns. It's um, 
it's substantial. We've been able to cut our utility bills in over half. Um, you know, we're seeing uh, well above provincial average uh, saleable chicks um, flock after flock. That's all been uh, really, yeah, really important to us. And what was it like guiding that diverse business through the avian influenza outbreak? Yeah, that was probably uh, for us one of the um, one of the most challenging things we've ever dealt with. Um, I think um, in the, you know within Alberta, um, we were between the two farms that broke first and second, so we were only um, about a ten kilometer radius, and uh, so right from the beginning, uh, we were completely exposed, and it. Uh, it was hard, you know, you, uh, we have kids as well that like to help in the barns. We had to eliminate all of that, our own, our own family, like my, my own sons, you know, it was, um, we've had to eliminate them from coming into the barn through, uh, through the high risk time. Right. Um, it's been, uh, definitely, uh, definitely day-to-day -day stressful, you know, when you get all the parameters of things to watch for yet, there is a reality that I've always said to my staff that, it's not uncommon to have an egg eggs jump by 5% or drop by 5%. Should there be a weather change? Should there be uh, any fluctuation in your feed? Those types of things can happen. Even one or 2%, um, you know, day to day is not, um, is not unheard of. Right. And I think the hard part was, is that you were always um, expecting the worst every time you opened up the barn door, every time you would get a mortality update in the morning. Right. So we use very, very, very strict um, biosecurity and uh, very strict protocols between the hatchery, the farm, um, where our trucks were driving, all of those types of things. I think our staff as overall, um, you know, we hadn't necessarily lifted our COVID um, uh, protocols within the hatchery and those types of things as well. So that also allowed um, a very, uh, there was already a lot of rules that were in place that sort of crossed over even to the avian influenza as well. So, you know, through that, we, uh, we managed, we never had any um, outbreaks at the farm. We never uh, had any, um, any issues at the hatchery as far as, um, you know, a recall or anything like that. So yeah, it's um, within Alberta anyways, it's been nice to um, not have any, uh, any cases this year and, get um, all the control zones lifted and not have to apply for uh, all the permits and all that type of thing. So it's definitely uh, alleviated a lot of stress from our, uh, our staff as well, building truck routes and, uh, and working through that. Um, can you talk about also uh, like the industry and community contributions you made, like in terms of, you know, working with Alberta turkey producers and that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. No, I, uh, I grew up, um, involved with a lot of different boards and different things. And uh, through the years of 4-H, it uh, definitely exposed me to running meetings and different things like that. Um, one of the big, uh, yeah, I was, got elected onto the um, Alberta Turkey Board the first year we were farming, just due to uh, them not being able to fill their board. So through that, then uh, the chairman was looking to step down and I uh, ended up uh, chairing for four years and, uh, I, uh, in total, did uh, six and a half or seven years, I guess, uh, with Alberta Turkey, and then uh, took a year off, and then I uh, was able to, uh, yeah, move over to Alberta Hatching Egg for a three-year term, helped with the finance committee, helped with uh, the um, intensive livestock working committee, um, helped with the pricing committee, and 
was involved with that. Um, yeah, and through those years, I'm uh, I was a president of uh, Didsbury Minor Hockey, and uh, I'm no longer on that, but I'm the chairman now of uh, the 4-H district. So I oversee the um, show and sale committee, and uh, yeah, I enjoy uh, I enjoy the community uh, aspect. I enjoy the board work. Um, through the purchase of uh, of the hatcheries, um, I'm no longer uh, eligible to uh, hold a, um, a board position anymore because I'm currently a processor versus uh, producer is how it's uh, looked at. So, but I uh, I do enjoy uh, volunteering. Um, we were at uh, Calgary Stampede with Alberta Chicken uh, at their booth, and uh, yeah, through that it's uh, it's been good. Yeah. So what are some of the most interesting differences you see in the different poultry sectors you're involved with? From, I say, high overlooking, I would say uh, a lot of it is board driven. A lot of it is um, is the profitability in the processing sector to the drive that there is to grow it. Um, you know, as uh, we faced very, very high feed costs um, across all the sectors. It's come very, uh, very transparent from a, from a producer level, which industries are thriving, which industries are are struggling to to grow, struggling to get involvement. Um, I think um, proximity within Canada has a large um, perspective to uh, to how you're viewed as well. Um, yeah, I think um, I think every industry. Um, even more so as as quota values rise, building costs rise, interest rates rise, um, you know, your competing red meats, your pork industry, as it all ties in together, I think um, I think um, the boards have handled themselves well, but I think uh, moving forward, there's going to be, um, you know, keeping your prices, um, cost of productions in line, there's going to be some very hard conversations that all the industries are going to have to face, um, you know, on how to, uh, you know, how to price the product, right, and keep profitability through the whole supply chain, right, from, uh, you know, the breeder farms through the hatchery, the broiler farm, the processing plant, the retail side on the chicken and uh, and turkey as well, right, it, uh, it's, um, it's definitely some un unforeseen territory, and uh, you know there'll be uh, there'll be some more challenges to come for sure. Uh, have you had a career like someone who's acted as your career mentor? I've uh, right from day one. There's been, uh, I guess, uh, one person that really stands out, and a second one as well. Um, Doug Clem. He was uh, a Sophina Lividale employee when we started, and. He's been retired 10 years, but we've uh, stayed very, very close on a personal level. And uh, he has many, many, many connections within the poultry sector, North American wide. He has very depth uh, knowledge on history, on uh, different moves and different industries and how they've um, moved forward and haven't moved forward. Um, he's been uh, definitely somebody that uh, um, I enjoy talking with and uh, getting feedback on and uh um, getting, uh, you know, just getting the history of what, uh, what's happened in the past. And, uh, obviously I'll still make my own, own decisions, but, uh, it's always no nice to know, uh, what's happened. Um, and then I think, uh, 
one of my closest friends is Dr. Taryn with um, Prairie Livestock and Red Deer. Um, she's been a huge part in uh, our vaccines, our animal health. Um, she's been a huge part in uh, just even from the business side, from a friend level, talking over, uh, you know, business moves, barn, barn designs, airflow designs, um, from the hatchery side, uh, you know, working through uh, just uh, procurement uh, challenges, working with other farms on uh, issues that they're having. And um, yeah, I think uh, just having, uh, having that relationship with, with her has really been uh, very very important to the success of uh, not only the farm but also the hatchery um always being on top of uh environmental changes with vaccine and um testing and understanding uh understanding that um it's a moving target it's not uh that you do the same thing every flock and it's not that you do the same thing uh um you know year to year right because there's diff different disease challenges different strains it's um just when you think you got it figured out there's something new that comes around the corner right and uh yeah so you know dr taryn she's uh you know she's been really really uh, and honestly her whole entire team um that she works with out of red deer they've uh they've all been very supportive of uh Kriyanka and i and our family and our business and uh it's uh it's a very valued uh relationship day to day and uh we uh we definitely owe them uh a huge thanks and the uh they've been uh, you know a huge you know huge part of our success and uh and keeping these birds alive is the most um you know is ultimately the number one goal right so um and so what would you say you love most about poultry i think it's um it can be kind of a two-part question but for us it's um it's seeing the success of the flocks that go out that um you know you can look back and say you know what those ones were uh, were healthy they were successful um it's working with the people working with our customers at the hatchery trying to help our customers everything from small order retail all the way up to our big commercial i hear from them all and i really enjoy um people's passion and being able to help them with their chicks and help them with their um with their equipment their supplies um yeah, you know, and I think it's a um, it's a, a sustainability that it's offered our family an income, and it's the opportunity to grow year to year. Um, I think one of the things that uh, really hit home was um, seeing now our I'm going to say the complete circle from our primary breeder stock from Avigen arriving to the production of eggs to the hatch to the broiler farm to the processing plant back to um, the grocery store. And one of the big successes was um, with High River uh, Right Colony. And um, they're one of our one of our good customers. And uh, just seeing that uh, the broiler chicks um, that we ship them come from our farm, come from our hatchery, and then looking at them at the co-op uh, grocery store, you know, it's uh, it's definitely uh, very rewarding. And it, uh, it hit me a lot harder than I thought it would when we first um, got more integrated and more diversity and it uh it's it's very uncommon to be able to say that you were uh you were literally part of every every step of that um you know that chicken's uh um circle right and to see it back on this on the store shelf is uh yeah it's very uh very good 
So what is your proudest career achievement so far? I think on a small scale, it was being able to uh, provide a living and no longer have to work a job. Um, we, uh, when we left our jobs, we knew that, um, you know, there was a risk we would have to go back to them. And uh, now we've been able to, uh, through the early years, be sustainable and not have to go back to, uh, to working a job. I would say um, probably the proudest career achievement is watching our kids in the barns, learning day to day, watching them run equipment, um, watching them at the hatchery in the chick room, um, filling boxes and moving boxes. I think, um, you know, when you uh, when you see, you know, our kids are still young, but when you see them uh, interested in what you do, it um, it made the very hard years well worth it. And uh, so I think the proudest would probably be, um, you know, the involvement it brings our kids. And uh, and I think um, I think purchasing the hatcheries was uh, for our farm and our business and our family. It really tied it in. So from a higher level, um, definitely when we uh, when we purchased the hatchery and. Uh, <clears throat> And from a from a family level, um, you know, just watching the interaction, our sons now are uh, in 4-H, and uh, it's very proud to watch them, uh, you know, showing their cattle in there and uh, uh, being successful, and uh, watching them do public speaking and all the things that I did as a kid. It uh, time flies, and uh, when you watch them uh, doing that, it uh, it's uh, it's very proud. And to end off, so in the little downtime that you have, how do you like to spend it? As a family, we do enjoy travel. Um, it's definitely, uh, we collect air miles and we uh, we do enjoy travel. We enjoy time with our family, whether it's camping at the lake, um, quadding out west. Um, my wife and I curl in a, in a mixed curling league on Tuesday nights and we enjoy doing that in the wintertime. We enjoy family ski trips. Um, we enjoy doing things with our siblings and uh i would say uh in your downtime i think um the one thing that's just never wrote on the book when you start this is you never truly are away um your phone is there your computer is there and you know i uh, i know that um i have to make myself available so when we're uh, having downtime i uh, i just limit the amount of hours that i work and uh i'm able to work remotely and it uh it's still uh you know your your business continues but it's um yeah it's real enjoyable and uh when you can be away and uh and still uh know that um your business is being taken care of and uh and go from there all right well thanks a lot for your time thanks for tuning in to feather forum the podcast by canadian poultry magazine to catch up on all of our other episodes, visit CanadianPoultryMag.com slash podcasts.